telling you a little story. This morning, Rich woke me up. I heard the alarm going off. I heard it twice. And I was like, why doesn't he just get up? <laughs> See, I, I thought it was Tuesday. <laughs> I thought it was time for Tuesday. That's how hard I was sleeping. He was like, babe, get up. It's 8 o'clock. I was like, what's at 8 o'clock? <laughs> he was like, um, church? <laughs> but... Nevertheless, we made it here on time. So I'm so thankful to be here. I really yes. pastor. There's something, even though all the plant life is dying, there's just something about fall. Yep. The cool, clean. It's so, it feels yep. cleaner for some reason. And, yep. and it just makes you feel alive. And I'm yes. so glad to be here. I'm so yes. glad to be yes. in his presence. Yes. Nothing like it on this earth. Amen. No. Let's just worship him this morning.
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of love where my heart beats. Shame is
call on God and to be able to just fill in his, his presence. Man, he's in this room. Thanks. 369 in the
Amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. His presence. I think about <clears throat> that word. Scripture came to my mind when he said, Fear not, little flock, for it is my Father's will to give unto you the kingdom of heaven. Of course, we're experiencing that right now where His presence. His powerful presence, a witness, a witness of the kingdom of heaven that is here, that we're experiencing. And man, I tell you what, thank God. Thank God that we're here and thank God that we're worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for His presence. I want to thank everybody that uh, contributed and help with the Indian taco sale Thursday. Uh, we had that in Wagner. And uh, we sold 170 plus tacos. That's the tally. Wow. That's a lot of tacos, isn't it? Wow. That's a lot of tacos. Amen. 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 So we were pretty, I think we were sold out by 9.45 or 9.30. Somewhere around there. Yeah, just, and, uh, that was, and we had to cover a lot of territory, but we did it. So thank you everybody that helped in one way or another. The total came to $1,327. Hallelujah. So that was a blessing. That was a blessing. And uh, do not forget to try to uh, get as many butter braids sold. Try to do your best to get out there and get your butter braids sold. Yes. Okay, if anybody needs an order form, uh, they still have them, so you can get them out there. And then the deadline is what? 28th of this month, so it gives you that long to at least get in the tally of what? Which, over 250. Over, we'll, we'll make more if we sell over 250. 250. <coughs> okay, is that a person or? No. Total. Well, I'll tell you what, every person should at least sell 20, yeah. maybe 50. Yeah. Sierra probably will probably hit that 100 mark. Praise the Lord. But just imagine if, if uh, we all did that, how much of that would be a blessing. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, 
just thinking about it, how the Lord's been making a way for us. And Amen. Especially in the, this day we're living in. Amen. So many things that are uncertain in this world. Uncertain in this world. But I thank God that the kingdom of heaven is not uncertain. Amen. Uh, amen. And we do have that promise. We do have that promise from Him. That's another message, another topic, I guess. We could really delve into if we really wanted to. Amen. So thank you, everybody, for everything that, you know, as far as helping in it. There will be no toddler Sunday school uh, since Sister Drew is not here. Sister Marquita is under the weather. Uh, but there probably will be for the adolescents. But any, anyway, uh, what other thing was it? I think I, think I covered everything. Oh, yes. Uh, probably what we're going to do is we're going to restrict anybody from bringing any food and drinks into the sanctuary. Uh, the only thing we were allowing was water. But... Uh, myself and then of course uh, the ones that are cleaning up they have found like uh, gum gum wrappers candy wrappers I, I found several times uh, I don't know what they were cookies crackers that were smashed into the carpet we have some stains we have some mean coffee stains there's several over here and over here I know they're coffee stains because I've spilled coffee on carpet before and I know what coffee looks like in the carpet so but uh no more beverages, no more food in the sanctuary, please. And the only water that should be allowed is up here in the pulpit. But uh, if you need a drink of water, you can go out there to the water fountain. I, I struggled with taking that thing out of there because it was creating a lot of problems with the kids. But then after we got it in control, I made my mind up that we would keep it just for anybody that needed a a good shot of water so it's there for your use um, amen so just let that be a just let everybody be informed advised uh, and please uh, please here's the other thing uh, leaving your stuff laying in the on the chairs I was gonna say pews but we don't have pews chairs your items your papers your you know things like that uh, Praise God. Uh, kind of keep it clean. Not kind of. Keep it clean. Amen. Keep it clean. Amen. My dad was here. He'd be shaking his head. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that's how we... Uh, this is the sanctuary, so... Hallelujah. And I'm, what I'm talking to you about, it, it's positive information. Yes. Amen. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It comes to be a silence every time we talk about certain things. Otherwise, it's quiet. What I'm telling you is positive, not negative. Positive. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So let that announcement, we're done with that announcement as of now. Praise God. So if the class wants to be excused, the adolescent class for Sunday school, they can.
Obviously, the Spirit's bearing witness today in more ways than one. Amen. And it's always good to have the witness of the Spirit, isn't it? Amen. Praise the Lord. That means we're obviously in the same place together spiritually. Right. And then when that happens, even in our minds, in our thoughts, everything that we do, bearing witness, that's an indication that we're all in the Spirit. Amen. We just we just sing. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of something when you know we worship. I don't I don't let uh, system listen know what I'm going to teach on or what I'm going to preach on. Uh, but it seems like certain times where we're obviously we're together in in the same mind because sometimes the songs that she selects for the worship service at a particular service it just seem to kind of follow what I'm teaching and or what I'm preaching on. I go, wow, that's amazing. Kind of steps all over it, but that's fine. Amen. At least we're in that same place. And and uh, that's what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to be able to uh, come to that place where right now we're, 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 de- we're being developed or we're developing into uh, maturity. At, at least that should be what is happening. Uh, my understanding of God's word, John said that I would that you would prosper even as your soul prospers. That he's talking about growth and he's ca- talking about development, maturity, just uh, increasing in the things of God, increasing in knowledge. Uh, the spiritual things, uh, the moving of the Spirit of God in us, mm-hmm. the gifts of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always remember when we were taught about the gifts of the Spirit, and they were talking about when you see the gifts of the Spirit in operation, when they begin to manifest and they begin to operate in the body, then you know that the body is growing. Then you know that the Word of God, there's ingestion of God's Word. People are receiving. People are applying it to their lives. So as a result, they're growing. The seed has been planted. And there's growth. There's, there's fruit in that person's life to where we see these things uh, come. They're manifested. They're, and, and we see, uh, we bear witness to that. And when you see that, then you know there's growth. There's maturity. We're obviously receiving, uh, learning, gaining knowledge. Uh, that's important for us. That's the whole reason why we're here. We're doing that. And obviously we know who we are. And we should know our calling. And we should be doing everything that we can to make our calling and election sure. That's the work of the Spirit of God in us. That's what this is all about. And that's why we're here today. Uh, Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of uh, Deuteronomy chapter 14. Verse number 
is it comfortable enough in here? Is it warm enough for you? Is it cool enough for you? Hallelujah. Okay. These chilly temperatures, these cold temperatures. Of course, it's my favorite time of the year, so I, I like to crack a door or a window just to let that fall air come in. And man, I tell you what, it just, it's refreshing. And so, I like this kind of climate. It's my, my kind of climate. It suits me just, just right. Deuteronomy 14, 2. He says, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. And the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself above all the nations that are upon the earth. Wow. So, this is uh, a very beautiful piece of scripture. Of course, he's talking here uh, to the people of Israel. And the Lord was always reminding them of what was happening in their lives and what they were going through and their their calling, their purpose, always reminding them, always taking their minds back to the reason why he led them out of Egypt. And even, even there, reminding him that, uh, praise God, that he called them, he chose them and to serve him and even the promises the covenant that was uh, made with them and as long as they kept that covenant amen things would go well with them things would be well with them as long as they served him but when we talk about it when we look at it in that in that sense uh, and what he said he said uh, thou art holy people unto the lord thy god and the lord hath chosen Thee. He has chosen us. He has chosen us. In in the scripture, in, in the book of Hosea, if you want to turn there, chapter 2, we have another uh, passage of scripture that is uh, obviously connected to this one. And when you when you read it, you know, it's kind of gives you an, a the insight as far as why the Lord chose us. Remember, He called Israel in the beginning, but because of Israel's failures, He turned His attention to the Gentiles, mm -hmm. to another people. And you, you read this in Hosea chapter 2, and right around verse number uh, 23, you read where he says, And I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which are not my people. Now, he's not talking about Israel. He's talking about another people. Right. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the Gentiles. Right. 
And there are so many Gentiles. Of course, we're all called Gentiles. We're from another nation. We're from uh, obviously different nations. If you look in this congregation this morning, you see a representation of a lot of different nations, different ethnicities. So obviously he's speaking that to us. Amen. Amen. So he says that. I have, uh, I, and I will sow unto her, sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which were not my people, Thou art my people, and they shall say, Thou art my God. Amen. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. So when we take a look at what he's saying here and how he's bringing us, remember he chose Israel, but because of Israel's failures, <clears throat> obviously you read, the whole, you read the whole book of Hosea, you'll kind of get an understanding why the Lord felt the way he did. Israel was, uh, obviously he, he kind of, uh, she, she is represented as his wife and she was an unfaithful wife. She fell, she fell into idolatry or what he calls his whoredoms. So, so as a result of that, he said, I, you know, I'm going to find somebody, and just let me put it in modern vernacular, that is going to love me back. Right, right. <laughs> so we see this. And so in this process that he's talking about, of course, you know, uh, when he's saying that, you know, about her, that uh, he's going to call people that are not his people, and, and all this, and and we see this, and here here's something that we need to understand as far as God's wisdom and God's will is concerned. All this, what he was talking about, and of course, prophetically, what he was saying that he was going to reach out to a people that were not his people, and he was going to be their God, and they were going to be his people. So we see that. Uh, so here we are. Were obviously the fulfillment of that particular word, that prophecy that he spoke about, that he was going to reach out to a people that were not his people. And here we are, we're sitting in this place, but we need to understand what God did as far as his wisdom. Of course, the Apostle Paul was speaking about his wisdom. His ways are unsearchable. They're, they're past finding out. God did this, amen, in his wisdom. And, and obviously it was a mystery, but he did. It was fulfilled. And, and uh, if I want to say it in that way, voila, here we are. Mm -hmm. we're, we're here in this place. But when we talk about that, we talk about, we're, we're talking about when God called out to us, he reached out to us, and how the apostles spoke about this. Of course, Jesus himself alluded to it, not directly like the Apostle Paul did, but he did it in a sense where he was reaching out, he was telling people, he was showing, he was speaking to the religious people of his day, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all these people, that God was going to do a work. And God was going to do a work amongst the people that were not like them. In other words, not like the Israelites, not the Jews. How was this going to happen? How was this going to take place? Obviously, God had this one thing in thought. Adoption. Mm -hmm. Adoption. Amen. Amen. So we see this. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We see this. Mm -hmm. Now, 
when we talk about adoption, the, this, you know, how many of you in here are familiar with uh, the word adoption or to adopt or somebody that is adopted or, and, and we all know that, don't we? we? We, to some extent, we understand that, of course. Uh, just to simplify, to make it easier for you, it says to adopt means to take, to take a child of other parents as one, as one's own child. Okay. To take a child of other parents as one's own child. Obviously, that's what's taking place here. We're not talking literally about. Uh, you know, physical adoption, we're talking about spiritual right. adoption. Right. To be able to take a, a child of, of some other parents as one one's own child. Okay? In, in the Greek, uh, when we talk about adoption in the Greek, and the Greek word is uh, huothesia, that's kind of hard to, hard to pronounce. Who othesia. That's it. That's a, uh, uh, how would you say? It's not a long E, it's a short E. Who othesia. The placing as a son. Listen to this. The placing as a son. The adoption of children. All right. Sonship in the respect in respect to God. Sonship in respect to God. So the placing as a son. Somebody that is put there as a son. Amen. That's different than having a son. Having a daughter. That's different. Amen. We understand that. I don't know if any of you know... Uh, uh, Charles Blyman, Chuck Blyman, uh, years ago, uh, my mother, you know, he, he, he uh, became acquainted with our family, I would say back in the, uh, I would say, 90s. My brother James, my brother David, and then pretty soon the rest of the family. <clears throat> Didn't realize this, but when he told us his testimony, he said, I was drawn to your family. That's what he said. I was drawn to your family. Of course, he knew he knew who our family was. He knew who my parents were. He knew where who he knew who we were. All the siblings. He said I was drawn to that family. He said, and, and he said for whatever reason he said I, he said uh, and he said it in, in a nice way. He said I looked up to you. I looked up to all you boys. That's what he said. I, he's 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 younger in age than I am. He's probably about. Uh, I believe he's probably a little bit older than Brother Craig. And so I would refer to him in the Lakota, uh, I would refer to him as Misu, because he's my younger brother. But my mother adopted him. He was drawn, and, and since he was drawn to the family, my mother and him, uh, he speaks Lakota really well, so they, man, they hit it off, they spoke Lakota. So my mother felt compelled, she said, I want to adopt you as a son. And she adopted him, and in our language we say that Hunka, he's our Hunka brother, he's our adopted brother. In other words, he was, he came, and so we accepted him, we adopted him. He became our brother. And, and the thing about this, listen to this, the thing about this is, 
when when we adopted him, when he was adopted into our family, guess what? Everything about him, his his thinking, his life, everything about him, his his the way he lived, he adjusted. He adjusted to how our family was. Wow, that's interesting, isn't it? So, and I'm not just speaking as far as like, you know, the, the Lakota traditions or anything like that. The ways, because it's like that with every family. When you adopt somebody, when that person, when that child becomes adopted into that family, they take on the traits of that family. They become like that family. They become, you know, their their behaviors, their lifestyle, everything is, uh, uh, you know, manifested in that person's life. And so when you think about it, uh, to adopt now uh, I was thinking about this and why do you think adoption takes place my wife and I know all about that we were foster parents years ago we're not no more we were foster parents and and uh, we decided to if there's any way we could help other children that don't have homes and don't have families Maybe this is one way we could help them. So we we went to some seminars or workshops, and and we we became certified foster parents. So we took in children. We took in quite a few children, and we took care of those children until they came and they took them out of our home. They were either replaced with family or went on different places, but we were foster parents to a lot of uh, different children. And then uh, one of the last. Uh, well, I guess we did have foster children after Sinaway and, and Zahai came into our lives. And uh, when they came into our lives, Zahai was the first one, and then Sinaway after him, a year after him. There was something about uh, those two young boys that, you know, made an impact upon us. So after about maybe a year or so, I told my wife, I said, you know what? I don't know. Uh, they were trying to restore them to their parents, and but... Their, their rights were were taken from them, so uh, obviously trying to find other family members, and that wasn't working well. So, so before anything happened, before they left our home, I, I, I we talked to the caseworker and we said, we love these two young men, these two young boys, and we feel like they're our own, so we're, we want to adopt them. That kind of like, they, they were kind of looking at us like they were surprised. They said, really? Yes, we want to adopt them. So we went through the whole process. Of adoption and finally they became ours and I can't remember exactly when that was the date but that was back in the 90s and so we adopted him and they became Zahai and Sinaway Marshall that process of adoption so why does adoption take place why does adoption take place is it to bless and to give them a name yeah, yes, that's 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 the outcome of it, yes. But why is it sometimes that there is adoption? Think about that. That's a good question. There's a lot of good answers to it. There's not one right answer. Because children are misplaced. There you go. That's one answer. There's no family. Sometimes children end up, they may have a family, they may have a biological family, but they don't have a family. Amen. You know what I mean? Yes. There's no influence. 
There's no influence as far as a family. You know what? A family should have influence in their own, you know, in their own uh, home, in their own, uh, whoever the parents are, the siblings, there always should be that influence in that family too. So that family can become or be a family. Today, in the world today, we don't see a lot of, there's maybe a lot of, there's a lot of parents out there, but there is no structure, there's no, uh, you know, they're not responsible enough to raise and to nurture children. So they become, uh, and then I'll use the word they use in, in psychology, they become dysfunctional. Dysfunctional as parents, they cannot nurture, they cannot take the responsibility of becoming or being a parent. Ooh. Here's, here's something that's interesting. See, I, you know, when you think about it, who is the one that created the family? God. He created the family. He created the relationship between a man and a woman. Of course, that relationship will obviously bring uh, uh, children. Praise God. Children will be born as a result of that relationship. So here's the thing. If God created the family, God structured the family, the ability to take care of that family, the, the ability to parent that family, I believe is something that is innate in us. Right. You know why? Because God is the one that put it together. Right. And we're created in God's likeness, in His image. Right. So obviously we have that instinct right. of not just being a husband, and a wife, did you realize this? And, and, and I don't want to go off course, but I'm just going to use this as an example. Did you realize this? Your desire to try to find a wife or a husband is an instinct. Because God created us that way. And that's what he told Adam. He said, he said, I'm going to make a woman because I don't want Adam to be alone. He needs a companion. He needs fellowship. And so... The reason why the woman was created was for that purpose, so there can be a relationship, but not only that, of course, for the family that was going to follow. That structure was given by God. So it is innate in us. It's, it's an instinct that we have when we become a husband and wife. Guess what? We have the instinct to be able to live with that person. Here's the thing. In the beginning, Jesus talked about it, live with that person for life. live with them for life the world doesn't see it that way but uh, amen so that instinct should be in us we go looking for that certain one that certain one and I believe this I do believe in true love but you know I'm glad that the Lord made a way that we can come to know and understand what true love is all about then when you come to that place where you, you know, we, we, you hear of uh, terms as soul mate. Finding a soul mate. Your better half, guess what? If, you, if you're really that kind of person, you're really searching, you're searching not just with your feelings. Are you listening to me? Right. Not with just your passions. Right. But with your heart, with your spirit. Right. You know what? You are going to find your soul mate. Because your soulmate is almost going to be 
Amen. Somebody that will be almost identical as far as your love, your emotions, your feelings are concerned. You'll feel that. You'll feel that attraction. Just like those two young people sitting right there. Yeah, when Alex proposed to Sierra, I was standing right there in the doorway. And I got to be honest with you. I wasn't there when Richie asked for Stephanie's hand. He came and asked me for that blessing. I gave it to him, but I wasn't there. But uh, when Alex asked for, when he did that with Sierra, man, I, I got to be honest with you, I shed a tear. Or two, or three, or four. Because you could feel the Holy Ghost. You knew it was right. Amen. Amen. So you find it. I, I, I didn't mean to get off of that. Pardon me. Forgive me. But I do have a soft heart. Amen. But we're talking about adoption. Let's not get away from what we're talking about. Adoption. So why does adoption take place? We know that. There is no family influence. There is no family structure. There is dysfunction. There are problems that are there. Okay? And so what happens? Uh, what's the meaning of an orphan? Does anybody know what an orphan is? No parents. No parents. Obviously, they lose their parents. And, and some, you know, orphans... You know, either their parents pass away, they lose them, you know, they die and they lose them. But, all, you know, here's, you can be an orphan and you can still have parents. Yep. <laughs> you understand that? Yep. Why? Because the person that's supposed to be your father and the person that's supposed to be your mother, because they're not there anymore, it's, it's almost like they die. Mm -hmm. And they're not fulfilling their responsibility, they're not fulfilling their obligation to parent, to be a parent, to be a father, to be a mother. So obviously that person becomes an orphan, doesn't have any parental influence or anybody in their life to fulfill that role as a parent. We all need that, don't we? Amen. We all need that. It's something, since my father passed away in 2001, guess what? I miss my dad. Now it's double, I miss my mom. I have my moments yet with my, for my mom, both of them. But there's times when I miss them, I miss talking to them, I miss just... Being able just to converse with them, I miss talking to my dad about certain things because my dad was a wise man. And you know what? I was in my 40s when he passed away, but guess what? I still needed him. I still needed him. Praise God. So, just giving you that example. Uh, amen. So orphans without parents, without siblings. So I want you to understand this. When we talk about adoption, go with me to the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse number 15. Look what happens when the process of adoption takes place. Remember what the Lord did and amen. Here's the thing. We weren't even looking for him. He's the one that found us. Obviously, he knew our need. God knows your need. God knows your heart. God knows, guess what? God knows what you are lacking in your life. He knows what you are lacking. He knows your need. And through His 
mercy and through his grace, through his wisdom, guess what? He's reaching out. He's reaching out to each and every one of us. He reached out to us because he knew that we needed his love. Hallelujah. That's amazing, isn't it? So how did he do that? Of course, we read about that in Hosea. I'm going to go to a people that are not my people. And I'm going to call them or I'm going to make them my people. And I'm going to be their God and they're going to be my people. I'm going, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to adopt them. Listen, listen to this now. Listen to this. Uh, so we so we know that <clears throat> parenthood, because people, you know, people are obviously adopted, is because there's no parents. Parenthood is obviously something that doesn't exist in a person's life. Because, you know, the lack of responsibility of certain people have nurturing their children. Here, here's so so as a result, adoption takes place. If that parent, if that father, if that mother cannot take care of their family, then, amen, those children are without parents. So they obviously, guess what, we're, we're created that way. We're created that way. We're created to, amen, exist, to live in the confines of, in the structure of family. Hallelujah. To have that relationship. Okay? So when that doesn't exist. But here's, here's the thing. Now let's apply this spiritually. We used to be of the world. Didn't we? And there is a, a spirit of the world. Actually the world has a lot of spirits. But there is a spirit of the world. And, and let me just kind of, in a sense, uh, apply this spiritually. We used to be of the world, didn't we? Mm -hmm. yep. We were born into this world physically, weren't we? Mm -hmm. yep. huh? when, our, when our mother gave birth to us, we were born into this world. We were born into this economy, this environment. So we have made connection with this world. And so here we are. So obviously, the world, in some sense, is like a mother to us. <laughs> it's like a mother to us. If you don't believe that, it's really difficult for a lot of people to somehow let go of the influence of the world. You know why? Because they have been nurtured by the world. Amen. So it's difficult for us. And guess what? Even though the world was not too good to us. <laughs> Amen. And so, in a sense, it represents our, you know, you know we're children of the world. We, we were born into this world. So obviously the, the world represents maybe what we would call a, 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 a mother, but... Who is the father? God. Uh, of the, uh, before we come to know God. Who is the father? Satan. The father, there you go. You know what? Listen to this. 
The Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, you can read that in the first two verses there. He said that we walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. In other words, we learned this disobedience someplace. Somebody taught us. Somebody was an influence to us. The prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So in other words, he is the one that was maybe, you know, in some sense he was like a father to us. But guess what? Even his, even him taking care of his, his, his own. Guess what? Thank God Jesus came into my life. Amen. That's right. Amen. So, so here, here we see this. And this is something important. Uh, just to, uh, I just wanted to bring that along so you can understand. You can kind of get an idea. But in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 15, it says this. It says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again. The spirit of bondage. Guess what? That's the spirit of the world. That's the spirit of sin. All right? The, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So we have received the spirit of adoption. Amen. Amen. Because we have been adopted by, amen, our heavenly Father, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Amen. Think about that. It's something in it. Why is it now, I never used to call it, the Lord, my heavenly Father. Now I do. Right. Why is it? What's, what has made that connection with me is because I have received the spirit of adoption. Yes. Amen. Amen. Doesn't, that, doesn't that make sense when we talk about, um, you know, being born again? Uh, the Apostle Paul mentioned this, and this is in Galatians 4, 6. And he says, and because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So here's the thing. Being adopted only happens when you receive the spirit of adoption. Are you listening to me? Amen. Takes place when we receive the spirit of adoption. So as a result, of course, that all falls into place when we talk about what it is to be born again. Being born again, <clears throat> amen, of the water and of the spirit. That leads us to that new birth, that heavenly birth. Being brought forth, that heavenly birth. So we're born from, amen, you know, the way we were before, but now we have experienced a spiritual birth. So as a result, we receive that spirit of adoption. So, so here we are. Praise God. Here we are. Just pay attention to, to what I'm telling you here. And it, it's going to make more sense here as we, as we go along. So we understand this, uh, this process taking place. Is, it's, a, it's a big, it's a change, isn't it? It's a, it's a dramatic change. Here we are. How many have ever thought you would ever sit in, amen, a, a small con congregation in the fellowship that we have? Of course, we call ourselves the Livingstone Apostolic Church, but we're just a representation of 
the family of God as a whole around the world. But here we are. How many of you have ever thought yourself be sitting in a congregation like this? <laughs> what am I doing here? Uh, sometimes I believe people probably ask themselves that question. <clears throat> I even go so far as saying, how did I end up here? Well, it's a good thing you ended up here. Yes. That spirit of adoption. Do, do you feel sometimes you feel like you're being drawn? Yes. Amen. You're being drawn. Why did you come to church this morning? Because the spirit drew you. You were compelled to come. You felt something. I need to go to the house of God. I need to go... Amen to the house of my heavenly father. I need to fellowship with my spiritual siblings, my brothers and sisters in the Lord. So we felt compelled to come. We've been drawn by his spirit, that spirit of adoption. That's what makes it possible for you and I to engage, to enjoin in the fellowship that we have. Because... If it didn't happen, guess where we would be? Amen. Mm -hmm. We would be fellowshipping with the world. Mm -hmm. We would be out there in places that we used to frequent, we used to go. Mm -hmm. But of course, we know what happens when we are in those places. Yes. Praise God. But we have, here we are, we're... We're sons and daughters. We have received the spirit of adoption. And so that's why we, we cry out, Abba, Abba, Father. So think about that. Think about that. Uh, go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And you see there in verse number uh, we'll look at verse number 18. Let's, let's go back to uh, verse number 17. Verse wherefore or 17, wherefore come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and I will be and will be a father unto you and ye shall be my sons and daughters saith the Lord Almighty you are going to become mine you are going to become mine I'm going to be yours. Do you know this? We have a Heavenly Father. Right. You know what makes life better for all of us? We know this. Especially with everything that's going on in this country right now. I know there's a lot of people in the uproar because what they passed, that bill finally went through. <laughs> they passed. A lot of people just... And, and of course, we're already feeling the pinch, aren't we? Inflation, prices, everything going up. People are complaining, man, what's going on with this country? 
what's going on with this country. People are in panic. People are angry. Uh, just a lot of different emotions that are starting to surface, and people are just uncertainty and man, what's going on? You know, it looks terrible. But remember this. Yes, we are citizens of the United States. But even though this country, even though this government, even though our leaders aren't doing the job they should be doing, we're still part of a heavenly country that has everything in place, everything intact. And that, that kingdom, that country, amen, guess what? has been here for eternity. Yes. Woo! Yes. yes. Can you make a connection with that? Right, man. Because that's the truth of God's Word. Yes. Amen. And, and the reason why I say that is because we have been adopted. Mm-hmm. We have received the adoption of children. We receive that. So as a result, we receive the, we re- receive the spirit of adoption. God has adopted us into his family. So as a result, he says, I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now here's the thing. This is important for you to understand. Listen to this. We need to understand. We, We can read the word of God, and we can... Read that passage of scripture. There's actually several of them. Everything that we've read thus far. You can read that and you can kind of get a sense. Of the potential. The life that God has called us to. He's called us to that life. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. He, he's called us to live in that economy. In that realm. In the kingdom of heaven. We're here, Even while we're here not on earth. Not, 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 we're not going to. You know. It's not going to be. When we get up there, it's going to be right down here, right now. He's called us to that. We're, we're down here, so guess what's going to happen? God is going to, the kingdom of heaven is going to be ministered unto us while we're down here on earth. Everything that is connected to it, everything as far as, amen, the, the life and, and everything that represents the kingdom of heaven right down here on earth, you and I can receive, we can inherit. We have that promise. Am I making sense? Yeah. Everything, the source of life, everything that pertains to life, as the Apostle Peter said, everything that pertains to life. Okay. Uh, let me let me insert something in here. The reason why the reason why um, I mean th- this is something that obviously the Lord brought to me as I was as I was praying, because a lot of us we have our minds. Here's our problem. We're stuck. We could progress and we could prosper and we could prosper spiritually in so many ways. God could bless you spiritually. But we're stuck. We're stuck at a certain place in our mind. And and why do you think that, that happens? Why do you think it is that we can just go so far and we just all of a sudden we stop? That's the extent we go to. Why do you think that happens? Fear. Fear. Doubt. Unbelief. Reason. 
people just want to reason things away. We're so used to it. We're so connected. Remember, you've lived in this flesh since the day you were born. Right. You were born into sin. Right. So everything that you know this world was of, you know, the sin that was in this world, guess what? That was your influence since you were born. In, my, in, my, in sin, my mother conceived me. So since your conception, you were born into sin. That's what influenced you all your life. That was your connection to this world. Okay? Everything about this world. Praise God. But here it is. How long have you had the Holy Ghost now? And how long has the Holy Ghost been an influence to you? Been a way of life to you? Huh? Been something that, you know, be a source of strength, a source of information, a source of knowledge, a source of wisdom. Yeah, it might seem a little bit different this morning, but the only reason why is I believe this, the Lord wants you to really think. Amen. Yes. Amen. He wants you to really think yes. deep down in your mind, yes. in the depths of your being. He wants you to really understand, guess what? Because of your calling, who you are. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. So listen to this. He, the, the Apostle Paul said this in Galatians 3.26. He said, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So why is it a lot of people have difficulty really accepting or really allowing the things of God to totally influence and affect their lives? You know what it is? They don't have the faith. They don't have the faith. They don't have the faith to go on. Now, <clears throat> this this might be getting kind of personal, but that's all right. <laughs> Our God gets personal, doesn't he? Amen. He deals. He deals with this. Uh, and we know when he deals with this. And he gets very personal. I, I, want, I want you to understand something. Somebody might be right now thinking, and this is, this, is how, this is what I felt this morning when I was praying. And it was like, I felt this, that some people always go to that place in their being. When I say in your being, you know what I mean? Either you're there in your mind, in your soul, and your body. That's who you are. That's your being. Your mind, soul, body, spirit. Someplace in your being, you're going to go. If you can't really submit yourself to the things of God and let the inner man be strengthened and renewed, like Paul said, you're going to go somewhere else other than your spirit. You're going to go either in your mind, you're going to go in your soul. You know what your soul is? Your soul is your feelings, your senses, governed by your will. Or your body. How, am I, how will I go to my body? The lust, the appetites. The passions of the flesh. Oh yes, and they will. They try hard to still dictate what we do in this life, in this world. So either we always end up either going somewhere in our being. That's what I mean by that. We'll resort to if we want to, you know, if we refuse to pay attention, ignore the spirit speaking to us and saying, "Hey, 
hello, trying to get your attention and say, hey, come here once so I can show you something. <laughs> Amen. So you think about that. We do have our own virtues. Did you know that? You do have your own virtues. We do. Some people are very virtuous people. You can tell. Just by the, the way they, they are, their personality. They're virtuous people. They're just... You have your own virtues. You have your own strengths. You have your own power. Those are something that is in your, you know, as a result of your human nature, your human desires. We all have our own virtues. But guess what? Our own virtues have a limit. There's an extent of falling back on our own virtues. We can only go so far. We can only do so much. You know, that's my prayer every day. I say this, Lord, I can't do nothing without you. I, I need your presence in my life. I'm nothing without you, Lord. I'm no, a nobody. There's nothing I can do without your spirit, without your anointing, without your influence in my life. As You know, if I, if, if I fall into that place, guess what? I'm just going back to the same place I was before I knew him. I'm going to be relying on my own virtues. So if you're a virtuous person, well, that's good. But guess what? Your virtues are only going to take you so far. Mm -hmm. Am I making sense? Amen. So when I talk about that, I'm talking about, you know, virtues are connected to, to all these. Listen to this. The carnal things of life. The carnal. Without the Spirit of God, we, we're carnal. You know what happens? Our mind rules. Our mind reasons. Our mind is very rational. Our mind tries to somehow sway us. To try to... And, and, and here's the thing about it. And I, I remember uh, a psychologist talking about this when he talked about people that, you know, you know try to really, in, in a sense, comfort themselves. He said, we talk ourselves out of certain things. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Amen. So, so the, the, our carnal nature, our material nature, material, things, objects that are there in our lives, things that we are connected to. Amen. They have a place. There, there's one object right there that I'm connected to. <laughs> it's, it's like that with certain things. They... And so you know what happens because of our relationship with those things? They kind of become sentimental. They have a sentimental value. But guess what? Is that Martin D28 guitar going to take me to heaven? No. <laughs> no, it's not. Praise God. Neither is my 2008 Sable Premier going to take me to heaven. But people put more value on the material goods than anything. Yes. Huh? That's right. Yes. Ooh. Yes. I love that house we're living in. And uh, we we made a, we said we would buy it. And, and talking to the the owner Nick Merrigan, 
And he's patiently waiting for us, my wife and I. I thought to myself, Lord, if this, if if this is going to be the last stop for us before you come, then I guess we're, we, we need a place. But you know what? Even that, even that, you think about that. I was thinking about that the other day. Is that worth more than my salvation? I have two and a half, my wife and I have two and a half acres out west. I have, I have to look at the value of it, but two and a half acres. And uh, is that two and a half acres going to save my soul? But people put a lot of stock in things like that. These are virtues that you and I have. These are things that, the material things, and even the financial things. Man, I tell you what, there's some pe wealthy people in this world. Amen. Wealthy people in this world. And people just, why is it they look at wealthy people and they say, oh man, that's the life right there. No, it's not. No, it's not. There's a lot of headache that comes with a lot of finance. Woo! And I guarantee you, those wealthy people don't sleep very well. Not unless they just want to close it all off. But is, is being a millionaire or a billionaire, is that going to save your soul? Are you understanding what I'm saying? We put our stock in these things because we're connected to them. We're part of this world. Yes, we are. We were born into this world. Yes, we are. But we're from another country because we were born again. We're from a kingdom. That the Bible says never ends. Right. World yeah. without end. Yeah. Talks about the kingdom of heaven. That yeah. world is without end. Right. One day this world is going to end. Yes. Amen. That's right. Am I making any sense? Yes. That spirit of adoption, what we've realized that we have, what we what he's called us to, what we are experiencing right now. We're just like I said uh, the other week, we, we just barely even touch it. And we go, ooh, that feels good. Ooh, that feels good. But you know what? God doesn't want you to touch it. God wants you to immerse yourself yes. in it. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. That's right. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. Amen. Jesus. Amen. So our virtues have an extent or a limit only go so far are you listening to me Amen. they only go so far they are useless and do not satisfy the spiritual needs that we have man I'm 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 just gonna be I'm, I'm gonna be uh, transparent with you because I don't I don't want to lie to you. I made the remark a couple weeks ago that I have never been more content being in the position I am at the present time, being here, this work, what God has called me to, 
in the past, I never uh, pastored full time. What I mean by that is, I've you know I've always worked. I you know construction. The majority of my life, and then auto mechanics, that was a part of my life. Those two fields or those two trades, I've always been engaged in. Always worked. Always did what I felt I needed to do to take care of my family. Yes, we struggled. Yes, we weren't rich. But you know what? My children always had a roof over their heads. They were always fed. They were always clothed. And then we get here. The Lord calls me to Vermilion. My wife and I were both working really nice jobs. Good salaries. Making good money. And the Lord says, I want you to go east. And I said to myself, Lord, <laughs> I was looking at my situation. Lord, you want me to leave all this behind? And he says, I want you to go east. Can you imagine? How many of you have ever put, been put in that position before? Ooh, where everything was, where, you know you had that security. Yep. There it was, you had that security. That five, why is it we're always, the first thing, we don't, here's the thing about, think, think about this now. When it comes to making very important decisions in our life, we never make them based upon our spiritual needs. Right. You know what we always do, and this is, this is true. You know what we always do? We always decide, first of all, we think the financial needs are things that we need. Why is it that we think finance is more important than spiritual? But we always go there. The material things, we always go there. Obviously, when we are there in that particular, you know, place in our mind and our thinking obviously we don't have connection to the kingdom of heaven that we supposedly are born into <laughs> I'm saying this because I've been uh, I've been feeling this in my spirit in the, in the, in the, in the spirit the Holy Ghost I've been feeling this in my spirit and I know there are certain things that are there guess what saints if we if we are going to be sold out to this thing we need to be sold out to it right god needs to be our god like yes. he said i will be to them a god and they will be to me a people right. in other words we're going to be dependent on him and only him right. not ourselves Amen. not anybody else so he talks so he, he mentions that now listen to this john chapter 1 verse 12 and 13, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Mm -hmm. He gave us power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So those that received him, those that were born again, born again. That's how we receive him. If we receive him, we obeyed his word. We were born again. Guess what he did? We were baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of our sins. We received the Holy Ghost, so we received the spirit of adoption. So, therefore, we, amen, we were given the power to become the sons of God. Now, I want you to pay attention to this. The power. 
the power. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. He gave power. He gave power. You know what that means? That doesn't just, in a sense, people think, you know, that, that Greek word dunamos, they say power, but that's not really, that word is kind of, uh, it's a different meaning than power. Yes, he does give us power through the Holy Ghost, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, but you know what it is that he imparts to us? He says, this word just literally means, it should be translated the right. The right to become a son of God. In other words, guess what? The right to receive our spiritual inheritance. Does that make sense? The right to receive that spiritual inheritance. So he says, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So it's by his will that we receive this right. Man, doesn't that make you, doesn't that help you? I was reading an article yesterday and they were mentioning the condition of this country, what the financial condition of this country. And the, the person that was uh, talking about this, he said, what we're experiencing right now with our economy, he says, we've gone beyond what we experienced in 2008 in the collapse. He said, so he said, people aren't aware of that. Right. People aren't aware of what's going to happen to this country. He said, very shortly. He said, we're not even aware. We're, it's like he said, we're, uh, what's that word he used? We're oblivious to it. That's right. Amen. He said, yes, there's some wealthy that are going to be able to survive, but not all of them. He said, they're going to take an impact more than some middle class and even the poor. Ooh, I thought to myself, my, my, my. I thought to myself, wow. And, and, and like he said, they're oblivious. They're oblivious to what's going to happen. And they think, oh man. So I thought to myself, you know what? I'm glad I'm a child of God. Amen, yes, amen. I'm glad I'm a child of God. Because when that happens, it's not an if, it's when that happens. Guess what? I'm going to have that security. Right. Amen. That's right. That's right. Amen. Why am I saying that? You're probably all asking yourself the question, why is pastor talking like that this morning? <laughs> it's a different Bible study. But I'm talking to you about our right as a child of God. Our right. And, and, and it's connected to this. Oh man, I tell you what. Amen. You read in Romans uh, 8. Let's go back to Romans 8. And 
Amen. Let's look at uh, where are we now? Uh, let me see. 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Do you guys know that you are the children of God? Does your spirit bear witness with this spirit that you are a child of God? Do you know of a certainty that you are a child of God? Amen. That's good, isn't it? Because if you know that, obviously, when we speak in tongues, say, hey, that's, hey, 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 that heavenly language. Yes. Woo! Yes. Amen. Amen. Feels good. Amen. So he says, uh, amen. He says, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, listen to this, if, and if, children then heirs heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ if so be that we suffer with him that we may be also glorified together so what he's saying here is that we are amen heirs heirs not errors we are heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. Amen. So we have a spiritual inheritance. Hallelujah. <laughs> There's an inheritance that you and I, you know, that's more understanding because you read that in the book of Psalm 68 says, he daily loads us with benefits. Daily. Did any of you ever realize that He does that for you every day? Mm -hmm. Any of you ever realize what those benefits are? Yes. Uh, I, I, as I said earlier, and I kind of got sidetracked from a little bit, but when I, when I told the Lord about coming over here, and man, I you know I, I, when I when I had, when I finally gave in, I and I said, okay, Lord, I will go. Then the question I asked was, help me to find employment down there someplace. That's how I put it out there. Help me to find employment. And I just left it at that. He didn't answer me right away. It was like a few days later. And then this is what he said. This is what he told me. He said, you will not look for employment. You will be full time. And I said, okay, Lord. I said, okay. But Lord, you know, there's, why is that we're like it, human nature? But Lord, and you know what he says? You do what I called you to do, I will take care of you. Right. See, this is all part of it. Did you know that this is all part of it? Yes. The structure, yes. the church. This is all part of that inheritance. We're all tied into it. Yep. Yes. You, you think you just come to church because you have to come to church. Huh? Or forsake not the summing of yourselves together as a manner of summons. So we all come, oh, I, I got to go to Bible study Wednesday. I got to go to service Sunday. No, no, no. I got to go pray. No, no. You think, ah, oh, that's just the way it is. But no, you don't realize that this is all part of that being tied into that inheritance. Yes. When you obey God's word and when you invest your time, 
when you invest everything about your life into the work of God, guess what? That opens up. Are you listening to me? That opens up the spiritual economy that you and I are tied into. As far as the kingdom of heaven, this is just temporary. But as long as we invest in this, what's happening temporary, guess what? That makes a way for God to be able to bless you. So that's what, I, you know, I, I, I struggle with that. I said, okay, Lord. <laughs> All I needed to hear is that part. He said, well, if you do my will, I'll take care of you. Guess what? I've done, I've obeyed, and guess what? He's been taking care of me. Amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. He's been taking care of me. Amen. My needs are met. I'm not a rich man, but my needs are met. He's been taking, but this is all part of it. So uh, this is the reason why I want you to understand. Now, now here's the thing. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, and we're running out of time. Ephesians chapter 2, we see here, we see here when, when it comes to, to understanding just what it is that you and I have in the Lord. Look what, look what he says. Look what the Apostle Paul says here. In verse number 12 in chapter 2, he says, <clears throat> uh, man, make sure, 12. That at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise and having no hope and without God in the world. Guess what? We didn't have, when we, before we even knew the Lord, we, we didn't have any connection. We were aliens. We didn't even belong to it. That's why I say some of us don't realize the spiritual inheritance that we have belonging to the body of Jesus Christ, being part of the church. And that's what Paul's talking about, the common being aliens from the common wealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. The covenants of promise. Here we are. Here's all of us. Having no hope in without God in the world. Man. Now, that's the way it was. But now, you go over there and you read in verse number 17. Look what he says. It. Now, therefore. <clears throat> now, therefore. Oh, verse number 19, excuse me. Now, therefore. I like the way he says that. Used to be, but you're not anymore. <laughs> now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. So, in other words, we, we belong we have, we have received as a result of our adoption. We have become part of what God has called us to, the, the covenants of promise, the commonwealth of Israel, the inheritance, the spiritual inheritance. Hallelujah. Man. Man, man, man. Got 
notices coming in the mail about signing up for uh, Social Security. And I say to myself, mm. I have several people telling me about that. My daughter always reminds me. My sister always reminds me. My wife reminds me. My sister-in-law reminds me. I say, hmm. Mm -hmm. But those are in be benefits I'm entitled to. Huh? I paid my taxes. So I earned that all those years. I remember one time, did anybody get those statements? Those statements? Yeah. I looked at one of those and I go, wow. Wow. And I said, man, something. But did you realize this? That, that is, that's the economy that we're so familiar with, man's economy. Man's structure, man's system. Anybody ever think about your heavenly economy? Amen. Your, head, your, your head, yeah. heavenly, yeah. The, the system, the structure. Any of you ever think about that? Yeah. We look at the world and we go, oh, yeah, mm, wow, great. But we never realize the spiritual. And guess what? It far exceeds. All because of the spirit of adoption. Guess what? Some of you saints need to realize this. God wants to take care of you. Let him take care of you. Amen. Yes. Amen. Right. That's right. He wants to, you have a spiritual inheritance. Listen to this. Last verse, last, last passage of scripture. Matthew 12, 50, it says, For whosoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same shall be my brethren and sister and mother. So in other words, guess what? We're going to be all part of it if we do his will. We'll stop there for this morning. Thank you for all coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My, my, my. Well, greet one another. Have a good day. Have a good break in the next couple of hours. And we'll see you back here at 2 o'clock. Lord bless.